had uh, another article that you've written and it's music in the key of AI. So yes. let us discuss about these subjects and please unpack AI for us and define what it means and how we have arrived at this point technology with the technology and what role AI can play in music creation and how this might affect composer and audits going forward. Well, with AI, I mean, you might say that there's been like two fundamental paths in terms of uh, computing. One of them has been the kind of binary uh, transistor uh, on off Intel chips and everything that, that occupy uh, the majority of our uh, electronic systems. But a parallel path that was taken decades ago was trying to model how the brain um, uh, manages the calculation and the processing of information. And so they created what are called neural nets that enable um, computer systems to learn through trial and error and testing and stuff like that. And then develop, um, you know, a, a kind of know-how that is different. And, and then over time, that's been incorporated into the softwares that we use. Uh, in software form um, and, and is commonly used in a lot of different softwares already. Um, but then you take that to a, a further path of, of down the neural net and then you've got, um, you know, you've got effectively a computing system that has been able to learn complex information and then to create information on its own. So it becomes a creative element. Um, the end point of this that has been told in so many sci-fi movies is what we call the singularity, which is the point at which that artificial intelligence system becomes self-aware in the same way that we are self-aware. So it's got enough learning and enough computing power that it starts to be able to, you know, have an awareness of itself. But we're not there yet. And in the intervening period, because it's moving really quickly, AI can express really a spectrum from basic tools that help us with visual work, fixing photographs and stuff like that intelligently, um, helping us in our digital audio workstations in taking on some of the music writing, uh, music chores like ar arpeggiators and things like that and um, second guess and help us to another point where it becomes something that's actually writing the music by itself and has a much, much higher level of autonomy so that it's driving our cars. And obviously there is a lot of fear and apprehension involved with that relinquishing of, of human control. Um, it's something that we're wrestling with in the automotive industry where I've done some work. Um, of the reluctance of people to say, I, you know, I'm just going to put a computer in control of my life. For composers and songwriters, there are, there is value, you know, we're using plugins that have um, machine learning, AI abilities to help us create. But then when we cross that threshold where they're writing the music instead of us, what happens to our revenue stream. Um, 
at least one of the major streaming music companies, a fair percentage of the music that it is playing as kind of interstitial filler in its playlists is written by artificial intelligence for them and they own it, which means they don't need to pay artists for that music, for that time. So that's a problem because already artists are suffering at the hands of these streaming companies because we're really not getting what's due to us from the rates that, that you know, the Spotify's and Pandora's are paying. So there's a real problem there that is going to compound an existing uh, disturbing you know, pattern by which the way, the revenue with which artists and musicians have been able to survive and make their lives has been rapidly disappearing. And, a lot, and because again, it's a subconscious experience, not a lot of people know and not a lot of people care and not a lot of people advocate for us. So take the example of an AI that's making music. They feed it, it's called ingestion, conceivably every song that was ever written. And then the AI will analyze it and recognize certain patterns and forms and structures that uh, are prevalent in pop music, rock music, jazz music, classical music, and stuff like that. And with an understanding of those patterns, those rules, if you like, it is then able to start to write music. Now, the problem is that as an artist, when we sell our music, that we sell it with the intention that you can enjoy and listen to it. We do not sell it with the intention that you're then going to take that, put it into a computer system that is then going to model it and uh, regurgitate some, a sound alike, which is very often what people want based on your track, a sound alike that you know you don't get paid for because there is nothing that governs that ingestion process. To complicate matters f further is that there's so much music being ingested that it has become impossible to say that the AI has created this new track based on a specific Beyonce one or a specific, you know, Herbie Hancock track. You can no longer pass it out and say, all right, wh who do we pay on the royalties to for this? So I was fortunate to be asked to uh, be part of a panel at the U.S. Copyright Office, uh, office uh, last year as a discussion of all of this, not just music, but other forms of art and writing and stuff like that. And so we were wrestling with this. And, and for me, an obvious um, answer is in the same way that television stations and radio stations play a blanket fee to the performance rights organizations to be able to use everything in their catalog, any music that's been written by anyone who is a member of that PRO, they pay a blanket fee. The uh, performance rights organization, ASCAP, BMI, SISAC in France, I don't know what the one in Sweden is. They one then, of them. <laughs> yeah, they then pay on to the artists proportionally uh, based on how much their music was used. Okay, so something of a similar model that ensures that when music is used for ingestion into an AI and then it, it, to create further music, that you are then, that they are paying for a license to ingest it, not just to listen to it, but to deconstruct it and rebuild it new. And you have to pay a license for that. And that license fee 
then gets passed on to the artist and we can then pay our rent. It's not a big, not a big ask. Otherwise, we go away as, as a profession and we just become hobbyists. And then AI music is basically all we'll have. Is that what people want? I think I asked the question at, at, to the audience at this uh, particular event and people universally said, no, 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 we don't want that. I said, okay, then we have to fix this somehow because we've already lost so much ground as artists and musicians um, because there wasn't enough advocacy for our cause and because the Googles and Facebooks and Apples of the world have such massive lobby power and deep pockets that we're no match for them. And if they decide, well, we're going to pay you this much, we have a very hard time taking them to court and paying those legal fees. You know, so we try to build relationships in the Copyright Office and in, in the halls of Congress. And I've been involved to some extent with that to try to create advocates who understand that we're being mis misrepresented in a sense by the Beyonces and Jay-Z's of the world who have more money than God. The majority of us as composers and musicians and artists, we are effectively small business people. We run our little business just by ourselves. We have families and mortgages and car payments and all of that just like everybody else. And we do not earn millions and millions and millions. Uh, we're lucky if we make enough to, you know, to pay what we need to these days. And we have to be really creative about, you know, working multiple different jobs and stuff like that. So there are important things on the line. There's no other way of looking at it. And that said, I'm not an opponent of AI. I'm, as I said earlier on, I'm a, I'm a nerdy kind of composer. I, I love that it's going to this place. Like, um, um, man-made music, which has now renamed itself Made Music Studio, it's a big evolution, um, has a partnership that they forged with a company that does AI music, but instead of writing the music from scratch, it takes the stems that we composers have written and then comes up with creative ways to make them work together. So the quality of what it does or what it puts out not only is much higher because it's not kind of random you know, neural net thinking this would be a nice melody. It's based on stuff that humans have actually created. So the result is better. And then we're able to hold the hand of the revenue stream and ensure that it comes back to the composers. So it's not completely a bad thing. And I'm, I'm, it's not going to go away. So for me, with, as with all these things, we have to find a way to embrace it, own it, and make it work for us as, as artists and creators. Music